Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Dynasty As They Wanna Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host, Kyler K. Jafari. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, we just had a huge disaster before we hit the record button. I mean, what qualifies for a disaster around here? A bottle of Benedictine all over the floor. Crash, boom, bang. <laughs> Well, you know, goddamn these tile floors. You know, I'm, I'm so spoiled by having hardwood in our old place. But that anyway. might possibly be the you bougiest know, fucking thing you, you don't said. Destroy on this a bottle of you know overpriced liqueur that's also hard to source. If you haven't just purchased a whole full one, it couldn't have been the the bottle from literally two and a half weeks ago that had a tablespoon left. No, of course no, not, no. because 2020. <sighs> Anyway, well, you know, if you wanted any other reason to think it sucked anymore, so. Yeah, that's the cherry on top. Speaking of cherries on top, we do have a cocktail that we're drinking tonight, and oh my god, I deserved it after having to swab the the decks. I mean, Benedictine is a a sticky substance. Sticky, very fragrant mess. (laughs) I know, I'm burning a candle now. Kind of like, "Mm, this is my new real estate agent trick. I'm just going (laughs) to bust bottles of Benedictine on the floor, and everybody's going to want to buy the place. Yeah, we're christening the kitchen anyway what did you make for us after you well, smashed you know, was, a bottle of benedictine on the floor i was trying to make a, a singapore sling because i think this may be our last opportunity to use singapore as an excuse to make a drink oh i'm having deja vu i feel like Anyways, we just had this a couple uh, you know of this is ago. this is a fabulous you know it's it's high toned but it's also a boat drink like there's there's sort of a, a lovely contrast uh, in what happens with this drink which is basically it's sort of tiki it's sort of tropical it's sort of craft cocktail now let me ask you this did you just take the mop and squeeze it into the cocktail glass we or did you we don't talk about that <laughs> yeah, it's, that's not well we it definitely tastes boozy which i need it's, it's after another, all it's of that drama another damn episode of dynasty which is kind of going on too long i gotta tell you well some of these plot lines certainly are going on too long 
and other things that go on too long. The uh, the masked singer is back. Uh, one of my guilty pleasures. It's not Tina. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you I'm just hate cut that right off at the the masked singer. I think it's silly and fun, and it's a, one of those shows where it's easy to kind of fast forward through. I like the production values, but oh, I think there's a lot of people who want to say, "Oh, it's silly and fun," but secretly they're so serious about it. They're like, "Oh, it's this is definitely Tina Turner." Well, the the rumor is that the popcorn is Tina Turner, which just made me laugh so hard. And then it inspired me to go down this like Tina Turner YouTube hole. And I didn't realize that Tina really was like a girl's girl. Like she was like buddies with Cher, performed on her show. They did this song I never heard before called Shame, Shame, Shame. And they're like, wait, you'd never heard that song? No, I never heard it before. And I certainly never saw Cher and Tina wearing, what did you say? They were wearing like uh, car wash sponges. Yeah, one piece bathing suits with car wash sequin straps like you know but it was it looked fine on the it camera fab f- f- fine it was, it it was, was one fucking of those, fabulous it was one of those like built for the camera oh well it was super 70s and then like i didn't know she did a duet with Anne margaret which was amazing and i never thought about it but Anne margaret and tina are like cut from the same cloth you know and the way they move not and from they... the same car wash straps though no certainly not but they uh you know they both have big voices well, and i miss we forget I miss tina that tina and Anne margaret were in the who's tommy yeah, oh yeah by i my guess favorite that's film I didn't think about that connection because they don't really share any scenes together. No, they don't. So. But certainly they must have interacted. I, you know, I'm remiss because I didn't read the coffee table book about it. But anyway, well, I really hope production. that the popcorn is Tina. I know it's not, but that would be so amazing. I, I, I think the the popcorn is Kirby Anders. <laughs> that would certainly be the most interesting thing about Kirby Anders, who's literally making people go unconscious in this episode because she's so boring boring anyway you want to take a break and get into this week's episode the mirror la miroir oh you know french just like kirby yeah i know i know italian just like adam Today's installment of Dynasty As They Want to Be is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our darlings a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash nastypodcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y podcast to browse their unrivaled selection of audio programs. You know, they have everything on there, Kyler. They even have my favorite Stephen King novel, The Stand. So you can go on there and give it a listen. Get ready for the uh, the rebooted miniseries. They're doing another stand. Did you know that? I mean, of course they're doing another stand, but no, I didn't know that. Whoopi Goldberg's in it. Whoopi. Even if that doesn't interest you, there's so much material on Audible. To get started, simply go to audibletrial.com com slash nasty podcast or you can text nasty podcast to 500 500 welcome back oh my god adam carrington is a drug addict are you sure about that well that's what the old-timey doctor from montana said during a layover where he came and basically called him out in his own 
office. Well, now I feel like I'm remiss for not re-researching the doctor, the actor. But this is his last appearance on the show, or reappearance. You did say say that last time, I believe. I know. That's what it's like. Every time I think he's going away, he keeps coming back. It's like a bad uh, Guns N' Roses video. Anyway, that was like kind of a shocking revelation that the doctor came back and said that Adam, I guess, had some sort of drug addiction in high school that made him hallucinate and it took a long time to get him back on track so maybe the writers are explaining why adam is such a psychopath is because of drugs i feel like no the the writers are retconning like this is like mm, let's rewrite this character before it's too late i i don't i don't well, i mean he is responsible for possibly killing one of the main characters so it is sort of a good excuse if you can just blame everything on the drugs i'd rather talk about adam and alexis in the opening they're in various states of undress and it's very distressing titillating seeing gordon thompson's little legs poking out of them short shorts yeah i don't i don't think so just because you got a yell sweat shirt on doesn't turn me on he's such a try hard and yeah for real and yet that's the thing about alexis like she's just you know flitting around in negligee with her tits out and like yeah no not try hard she's just who she is and i love that she shuts him up because he's been quoting i guess it's like this character trait of his where he's constantly quoting philosophers and books and then he also like lovingly misquotes and then she Mm -hmm. just tells him to shut the fuck up instead of Rushing off to the hospital, you should be spending your time preparing for your visit later this morning to Denver Carrington, where you are going to deliver Blake his head. Or have you forgotten our itinerary? I'm not going. Not today. You've got to. How does that plain but pithy old adage go? Oh, shut up, Adam. Just shut up! Yeah, I love like, it. You know, this like bizarre Disraeli quote from the last episode. Like, no, sorry, we're we're not doing literary things anymore on Dynasty. Well, and I feel like he makes up half of them anyway. It's all about like uh cocaine and shoulder pads and oil money. Like well, apparently he likes cocaine about your too. F- freaking literary quotes. I guess the drug thing makes all of this make a little more sense. It also makes the interior design of Adam's office. Have you noticed? I mean, we don't have a... It looks like a waiting room at a Shoney's. It looks like the worst example of feng shui ever. Like, everything in there is placed in a way that just makes me uncomfortable. There's, like, three desks and chairs pointed at the wall, and then there's, like, a ledge where there's a a scale hanging there. This is more of of you know all about bad decorating choices which started with that teal blue poison paint and seems to continue with oddly arranged desks and chairs and pioneer furniture that does not really jive with like what we're watching on the screen well i I love his confidence he really thinks he is not going to get caught with jeff in the hospital now and all the doctors running batteries of tests like He thinks he can just make over this office again and burn the paneling. And he kind of gets called out first by the the worker, which we need to take a second to applaud these uh, under five actors that have been popping up on the past few episodes. Like the woman last week that... um, Ellen Morano? No, no. Well, I I loved her, but I mean the the woman who had her tennis match interrupted (laughs) by Jeff. Oh, no. (laughs) She was kind of bad. I mean, I don't know if she was bad on purpose. Oh, she was so campy. 
what's going on with that. But yeah, and then you have the worker who's, you know, poor guy. He's sent in to take all of this poisonous paneling down and, and burn it. So, you know, he's going to be dead. One thing I have to say is I hate hospital episodes. I've probably complained about this before. I know you groan I every time like, the, the B-roll well, of the hospital. You know, comes we can go screen. to La Mirage. I'm, I'm okay with that. Purgatory at <laughs> La Mirage is okay. But Purgatory at whatever the hospital is. At I think they call it Denver Memorial. Blake Carrington apparently bought off a whole wing of, if you believe the dialogue. That's just pure hell. I don't want to go there. And every time we return here, I feel like the story just gets stuck in the mud. And, you know. Honey, like, the story has been stuck in the mud. They've just taken the poisonous paint from the office and now we've transferred it back to this ugly ass 70s hospital. And Jeff is just there flailing away. Because, you know, hospitals are always going to be at least 10, if not 20 years behind in the latest design trends. In Denver, I guess so. They don't have any sexy hospitals. Well, you know, if you can't have a sexy hospital, I suppose you could have a, a sexy kitchen, but... What's going on in this kitchen? Because Mrs. Gunnerson is really running a battleship. However, it sounds like she's a total bitch. Well, I think she's paid to be. And well, when Joseph's your boss, that's true. But also when Alexis Carrington is your not boss, but this lady that just shows up and demands cold champagne. <laughs> I love that. You should love it because this is the way that we live in the middle 1980s when it's 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 on the upswing, baby. Like the economy's mm -hmm. booming now and Reagan's going to get reelected and Alexis Carrington's coming into your kitchen in like a bad outfit to just like mooch your champagne. What the hell? Well, let's not forget Alexis used to be the mistress of the house. So Mrs. Gunnerson used to report to her, but it is totally ridiculous. I mean, I think she just she... keeps falling back on that, but mm, let's be real. Like she hasn't been around for what, 20 years at this point. So... <laughs> well, and I like that Crystal comes in and she's like, I thought I heard you and uh, we're not throwing a party so what do you want something the matter just that you're an incredible contrast in moods alexis <laughs> that sounds almost profound coming from you last night you were in a state of hysteria over jeff now it's party time of course i was upset last night and rightly so but i was certainly not hysterical well it seemed to me you were out of control out of control? Is that what it means when I care about a man who means so much to me? Who really counted in my life? Who was there when I really needed him? How oh, you do protest. What did I do, Alexis? What do you think about Crystal's intuition? It seems like she has really dialed into the fact that Alexis knows what's wrong with Jeff. She kind of mentioned it in last well, week's episode, and now she's mentioning it in this yeah, week's episode. I, I think this kind of, yeah, the, the prior episode... Clearly, Alexis protested too much. Yeah. And now and she's celebrating too early. Absolutely. A hundred percent. A thousand percent. Crystal identified it when Alexis was like, test, test. Why do we need tests? And the lady doth protest too much. And here we are again uh, with 
Alexis being called out by Crystal for kind of showing her cards, essentially, is what's going on. That's one of her fatal flaws. Is she it just really cannot is. be coy about anything. It really is. Because Crystal's really no match for Alexis, but Alexis keeps tipping her hand and flubbing her game. And, you know, that's sort of how they kind of keep the two equal, I guess, in the show. I was just so pissed when Alexis went to Blake's office and just laid out all the cards that they had had Jeff sign over little Blake's birthright and they were giving up all of the shares of Denver Carrington and combining that with the damn Logan Rhinewood of it all now Colby owns Denver Carrington but is this this can't hold up in a court if Jeff has a neurological toxin in his body what is Alexis doing like why does she feel the need to gloat so so soon they should have like made sure yeah Alexis Jeff was in Switzerland really played or whatever. her hand early you know if you've played bridge or spades or even hearts or something but y- you don't throw out the jack of spades when there's you know the queen of spades is lying around out there in the field well yeah and blake even knew that this was a possibility because he told that lawyer that used to be cecil's lawyer like be on the lookout for something that she does in a air quote friendly way i love i love cecil's lawyer doing air quotes is that maybe possibly one of the earliest recorded instances on yeah, popular this is the first time i quotes. i looked it up in my encyclopedias this is the <laughs> first time somebody's ever used air quote uh, gesture on television Mm -hmm. i mean i don't maybe air quotes meant something differently then than it does now but (laughs) they were more genuine back but i'm just gonna take it for what it is and those are air quotes baby one of the scenes that made me laugh so much in this episode is when kirby goes to the hospital looking rather sharp and just totally pours her heart out to jeff And then has like a sexy dream sequence where they're boning in bed and she says basically that she wants to be with him and Fallon's divorcing him and this is the opportunity for them to finally be together and then... She's just so boring that she literally puts him to sleep and he... I guess he didn't hear any of that. Jeff? much for pouring out your heart Jeff's not really interested in Kirby Jeff and Kirby are perfectly matched they're very boring people who are incapable of affecting anything well it's also like wrong time wrong place like this guy could be dying you you know nobody knows what's really wrong with him and now you're gonna you know pour your guts we as the audience know what's wrong with them it's it's a bad decorating choice it's this outrageous shade of blue that's that's the problem but she's also been chasing this guy you know for a while which is weird because she gets strong-armed by adam i don't i don't want to say the word but and then like she goes to freaking dinner with adam what is kirby's drive i don't understand because she's kind of fishing in every scene well she said a few episodes ago like she wants to live upstairs she doesn't want to be a downstairs person and then in this week's episode we do get 
Joseph telling Blake that as well. Like, I didn't pay for the Sorbonne for my daughter to be a nanny, so you're going to need to fucking hire some more bitches up in here. So I kind of get that, but it is weird that this is what propels her to want to leave her job as the Carrington nanny and then go be an interpreter for Colby Co., but she only knows French. I mean, is that really a language that's in demand in the oil industry that requires a full-time interpreter? I don't know. No, then, and that's part of how this show's getting a little bit silly. I mean, I know it's already been a lot of bit silly, but, it, you know, the stories are starting to wear themselves out. Aside from the Adam situation, a lot of this other stuff is not really going anywhere no case, it really is case in point mark going to haiti which that's the extent of where it went is he went to haiti and then him and fallon have i guess recognized that they're just friends and they're not going to bone even though he wants to bone everything and then they spend like the whole time talking about how great his legs are you see fallon a guy like me grows up looking a certain way learn to play good tennis look good in shorts good legs there was a girl, a teenager, who actually wrote a poem about my legs once. I was, I was embarrassed by the truth of it. Which was? That lots of ladies are ready to judge a book by its deep tan cover. They're fine. They're almost kind of inappropriate. This thing in Haiti with like Mark and his short shorts. Oh, at breakfast, I could see like bottom ass cheek hanging out yeah. when he went over to go sit with Fallon. I, I was just waiting for like a left testicle to pop out. It was bad. Oh, I'm sure if you zoomed in, you could probably see And you know, he's doing this testicle like, cleavage. Yeah, this like on the cheap Burt Reynolds mustache look. Again, the whole thing's just kind of snooze. It's a snooze. And it sucks because they're in like an exotic fun location. So you'd think like something exciting would happen. You know, I wanted better for Fallon. It's it's just Yeah, she was having so much fun with that divorcee in last week's episode. I wish, you know, they were on the prowl for You know, they would have made great gal pals and i bet whatever that character she could have hooked fallon up with so many much more eligible bachelors oh yeah now the one thing we haven't talked about is like one of the biggest revelations of this episode and that's that steven finally has his bandages taken off and sees his brand new face um it's kind of a minor revelation though because this is been revelating i feel yeah i feel like he's been (laughs) i feel like he's been in that singapore hospital for like over a year this is you know this is the problem with soap opera writing where we why do we need to stretch out a story for so many freaking episodes it's not even a story it's uh medical equipment on his face (laughs) like there's nothing to it they just need to cut it off but The logic to this is really baffling to me that they've done no research into why this blonde white boy washed up in Singapore. They don't know where he's from. They don't know how he's going to pay for anything. And yet they've like performed plastic surgery on him. I think the logic is you're just supposed to accept it as you would at that time. A new actor has replaced whoever used to be that character. But, you know, they sort of try to leverage it and in a way where they do the plastic surgery deal with the doctor in Singapore. But then they don't really fully commit to it because now we're just like, oh, okay, it's Jack Coleman now. Okay. 
Right. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of sort of joy. looks like Al Corley. Well, that's the other thing. Like, does he look, you know, different from Al Corley? Of course he does. But does he really? It's not like this was the first show to ever recast an actor before. So I don't understand why we had to take this whole well, detour down. If you want to talk about soap operas, they, they recast people all the time, you know, and normally it just happens and you just accept it. I mean, I believe in the next couple of episodes, like it's just, oh, Steven's back. Well, the other thing I'm curious about is, is Steven going to even recognize if and when he goes back to Denver what is going on because like you know the little girl kirby is back in the mix and then like he has a brother that he's never heard of or met before that's there it's like why even bother going back like go start your life somewhere else also is he did the plastic surgery make him completely straight now oh that's that's a fun thought yeah well hopefully next week we get some crunch with this hostile takeover that alexis is planning but i i just don't see it i think she just showed her cards too early i don't think any court of law is gonna let this pass and who knows they might get locked up for painting the office with poisonous paint i mean burn my paneling and shred my love letters tell the kids i'm never coming back now it's time for the part of the episode where kyler and i choose our looks of the week well i think before we choose looks of the week we have to choose the worst look probably that has been in here this season wait you're gonna do this to me right now i'm doing it to you right now because i was gonna do it to you (laughs) i i wanted the anti-looks of the week well there's only one this episode is no there's okay well the one i'm talking about is that weird ass pastel jumpsuit with the cape and the cutouts that (laughs) crystal is wearing I mean, it's got like a bolero tie. It's got puffy sh- sleeves. Calliope chaos. I don't know what that is. That fucking circus outfit. She's she's a clown on fire or not on fire. I mean, it's like a vanilla ice cream cone with sprinkles on top. It's melting. Why did anybody ever think that this looked good? And let alone good enough that I think she wears it in every scene this episode. I feel really bad for Linda Evans because why she had to wear this for this whole episode, I don't know. Was this like some shaming, like a hazing ritual? I don't understand. It looked like a sketch that somebody did for Rainbow Bright, the cartoon. And when they were like, but it's no, not no, no. Rainbow and it's not bright. Did you notice that there's like multiple layers to it? Like it's roughly. How could I not notice? It's like a, a lasagna that like sat outside <laughs> and mold grew on it. And that's what it looks like now. That sums it up. I I don't it's not a fashion choice I could sit here and and riffle on it all I want but yeah bad lasagna you mean ruffle on it (laughs) so what was the actual look of the week that you liked oh no I have another non-look of the week can we talk about uh Alexis's weird Dr. Pepper outfit Oh, this isn't your look of the week? What the hell is this? No, it's terrible. It's like this weird burgundy. I mean, you know, you you have her in her typical, you know, high-shouldered cut suit, but 
is also with a gray fox fur. She's looking like and a she is Dr. slinging Pepper. that fur around. Oh yes, on the oh, yes, bed, honey. She's on so the effervescent. Desk. She's so bubbly. Oh well, she's but a pepper. I'm a pepper. You're a pepper. It's I don't I don't think it's a good look at all. Well, There's this I weird don't think thing it's about burgundy in the eighties, like people went for burgundy and they thought burgundy was a nice color and i don't know maybe in context it was but not not universally and certainly not today well so. it's not her best but i didn't think it was her worst either and i appreciated that the hat matched the the rest of the outfit and that hat is another it's another hot glue gun oh affair God. it's the they, they just cut some stuff around and some felt and put a, a veil with some hot glue on top and now be honest with me happen to be burgundy are you having such a visceral reaction because this reminds you of that bottle of benedictine that just fell over before we started recording and that's why you hate this outfit so much no this this doesn't look or taste anything like benedictine So what was your actual look of the week? Oh, Please answer My me. look of the week was most definitely Mazdef. Fallon in the canoe neck, blue with white horizontal stripes. I don't even remember. What dress. scene was that? You wouldn't remember it. It's kind of a throwaway outfit. However, given what's been going on in this episode, this is kind of the only thing that I can clinch. I mean, I think the Fallon in resort wear is a win. I think they finally yeah. kind of yeah. figured out what uh, looks good and fashionable on her. Fallon on vacay is kind of my baby. <laughs> I have to say there wasn't anything that I really loved, loved, but even though she's as boring as the wallpaper that they're going to put up in Jeff Colby's old office, I did like Kirby's outfit, that tan where she wore like a shot. Oh, no, that's another anti-outfit. And her hair. But I'm going to let you talk. Well, I just was going to say her hair never looked better. She had a, a side pony swept over her shoulder. And I don't know. It just seemed like it was one of those like boho outfits, but like done in a way that was elevated in fashion and not like knockoff Stevie Nicks. It's boho. It's, on the it's clearly prairie. from like, you know, Neiman's and it costs a lot of money. And it's like knitwear that it's like... You're paying a lot of money for cheap material, but all that aside, it's not Kirby. Kirby's been very much represented in black and red, uh, sometimes primary colors. And here she's like, she's going to try out some, some beige, some safari look, some leopard print. You know, it's not Kirby. Like, this is not what she does. You're right. Her hair does look good here, but nothing else is working. Sacre bleu. That's it for this installment of Dynasty as They Want to Be. Kyler, thank you so much for joining me. Either this wallpaper goes, or I do. I want to thank the artist Lindsay Mound, who designed our gorgeous logo and graphics on our site, and DJ Jugo, who did our theme song. Oh, and you guys, you got to get in on this. We have social media accounts nasty podcast on instagram twitter facebook so much the conversation continues it's not just on this pod like button well that's a youtube thing we don't have that but do subscribe to this podcast that's the future let's continue talking about the present
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.